Today we see two extremes, and this can represent two extremes in the spiritual life as well. The first one we have these two figures being led up the mountain, uh, one to give up his only son while carrying wood for the offering, right? A prefiguring of what is to come at Jesus' death. And this is one extreme because how many of us would be willing to give up one of our loved ones for the Lord? Probably not too many of us, right? And some families have been called to do so. And it is something that can cause a complete halt in growing in relationship with the Lord because it is something that is so unnatural. And it can bring about anger and hate, which is all justified. But many times, it can be one of the most difficult struggles in somebody's life. And in a sense, they go through a particular desert, much more so intense than anything any Lenten offering can be. But that experience can cause a halt. For many weeks, many months, and even for many years, and on occasion, a lifetime. And in a certain way, that our Lenten practice should rise up to some degree a sense of anger, of frustration, if what we have offered to the Lord is something that we hold dear something that has become a habit or part of our schedule, there can be that sense of frustration and a sense of even to the point of maybe even questioning what, what's the point if it's just causing me misery, so let's just give up altogether. And that's one extreme. The other extreme is to experience a, a glory and a wonder and a kind of igniting of one's spiritual life to an extent that we don't want to go anywhere else, that we don't want to add anything or remove anything to the point that we become content and saying, this is all I need. I don't need anything else. And that could be practicing a certain kind of prayer. That could be just experiencing joy and wonder while coming to Mass on Sundays. It can be experiencing more joy within the family to a point where we find ourselves not needing to remove or add anything, and we just stay where we are. That too can eventually become a danger, because what good would it have been for those three to remain there on the mountain and not move or go anywhere else? Right? Would the gospel have been spread if they just stayed there the whole time for the rest of their lives, just live there? No, they are called to take what they receive from the transfigured Christ and to come down from the mountain. Just like Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, them too are called to come down from the mountain. And so our Lenten practices, whether they're leading us to a transfiguring of our own soul to a point where we kind of just want to stay where we are, or whether it's causing such distress and anxiety 
in a certain sense, losing part of ourselves to where, again, we may not want to come down from that mountain either and just kind of curl up in the fetal position or the difficult journey it is to climb up, maybe not wanting to make that climb, whatever it may be during this desert time. We are called to receive from the Lord. We are called to trust in a way that is radical, to trust in times when things don't make sense, to trust in ourselves that we can be stronger than we think we are, to at times trust that what the Lord has in store for us, what the Lord allows us to experience, a sense of transfiguration, that we are called to not sit in that experience and bask in the allness of God, but to share it with others. And this is what we have in store for us to come this Easter season, knowing that the transfiguration is just a preview for them of what was to come at his resurrection. And so we receive this gospel somewhat but not quite halfway through Lent to remind us of the one extreme, the struggle, the great suffering that is to come at Jesus' crucifixion, but also the great glory, the wonder and the awe that is to come at Easter, so we don't forget, so we don't find ourselves in the middle of the mountain, not yet the courage to keep climbing, but yet waiting too soon to experience that glory and not wanting to come down. I don't know how many of you have been mountain climbing or hiking up mountains, but there is that halfway point where you can make a decision to keep going or you turn around and come back. Many years ago, I've had this experience of climbing up a mountain with some of my brother seminarians, and there is something about a mountain that brings out the worst in you, especially when the trail is a bunch of switchbacks, kind of going back and forth, back and forth. The territory is rigid and not comfortable at all. There's something about that journey in itself that bringing out the worst that had to lead to, in all honesty, to me apologizing to some of my brothers when we got back down to the bottom, but also thanking them for their help to get me towards the top. Now, in all honesty, I didn't make it to the very top because the very top meant we had to cling onto a rock and walk sideways where there was the drop behind us. And I said, I'm okay. I'm going to just, I'll just stay right here. I just laid down on a rock and fell asleep. But to know that on this Lenten journey, to travel up the mountain, like we hear in the first reading, it, it's not easy and it is stressful. But also the travel down after seeing the peak, that may be quicker, but it is also not easy. And so this week, as we kind of reach this almost halfway point, we are challenged with, or do we have the courage to keep going up the mountain? Do we have that courage to rely on others in our family to get us through those difficult moments of Lent, those moments where in our mind can kind of convince us, well, what I gave up, I can give up. I can maybe move that Sunday where I don't have to do my Latin practice, what if I just move it to a Tuesday or a Thursday 
you know, those little voices in our head that can kind of justify just stepping back for a few moments of our Latin practices. The same time, those difficult moments in our life, even outside of Lent, we rely on others, family members, friends, to encourage us. And during those times of Easter celebrations, when we reach the top, and sometimes that time of celebration may be more rest, but an encouragement as the walk to come down begins. But know that walk to come down, it is quicker not because of the elevation change, but because at the top we've received something from the Lord that gives us a taste of what is to come ultimately, new life, new resurrection. And so as we are now climbing up, there's hope knowing that soon we will climb down and we will have a message and a wonder and there should be a slight change in who we are and who we're called to be. Just like when I realized when I came down from the mountain, I had a lot to talk about with my spiritual director. (laughs) Today, let us just spend the week asking ourselves, as we are climbing up the mountain, where are we halfway through? Are we in need of a moment of rest, maybe some water, the water that the Lord gives? Are we going to keep going, keep striving, and no matter what we are facing, because we know that what's in store for us is a view unlike any that we could ever behold in our life. Let us look forward to that view, that view of what we will soon one day be called to behold and to experience ourselves, but a transfigured life, a life of glory, a life of peace, a life that will make the climb up and the climb down so worth it.